Take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, if you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. John chapter 10. We uh, begin a series on Sunday nights that we have titled Learning to Hear God. Again, just for a little background, and of course we've preached a few messages in this series, but there's such a great need for, for us to hear God, to listen. And I feel that today in our day and time that a lot of people are not hearing the Lord, and maybe it's because they don't know how to hear the Lord. I don't know. Part of it is, is they don't want to hear the Lord. Part of it is they don't recognize His voice because they don't fellowship with Him enough. And on goes the list of things. And so I feel like it's so important that we begin to really stop and think about the fact that the Lord is trying to speak. He's trying to deal with our hearts, trying to draw us near. And He wants us to listen. He wants us to, to hear what He has to say. And He speaks in so many different ways. And, of course, we deal with some of that, and, and we'll be dealing with more of that uh, in, the, in the future in this, in this uh, portion of this uh, series. John chapter 10, begin reading verse 1, says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of the stranger." Verse 1 again says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Knowing His Voice by His Approach. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening asking, Lord, that you would meet with us, Lord, that you would give us something tonight that would help us, Lord, to learn to listen, learn to listen to your voice, learn to listen to you. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us, Lord, in the days ahead, Lord, that we need an attentive ear to the things of God. Lord, we're facing some, some dark days. Uh, and Lord, so we need to hear from, from you. We need to see your hand. We need to see you moving and working. But we need to be obedient and hear the voice of God guiding us and leading us all the way. Father, I pray now that you'd strength. Forgive us of our sins where we fail you. Lord, help us to draw near to you. May you be glorified. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. If you have your back to somebody or say you're in another room and somebody begins to speak to you, you know who's speaking to you by their approach. And what I mean by their approach is that by their approach I mean how they initiate their entrance or how they get your attention. See, I'm still not following you. What would be like this? Stand up, Blake, over there. If I've got my back to Blake and he wants my attention, he wants to speak to me, what are you going to say, Blake? Hey, Papa. Hey, Papa. <laughs> he knows to call me Papa. You can sit down. Hunter, stand up. If I've got my back to him or in another room, what are you going to say? Hey Dad. hey, Dad. His approach, hey, Papa, hey, Dad. You can sit down. And this could be dangerous. If I had Janine to do that, <laughs> I'll just use one of the endearing words, hey, honey, okay? <clears throat> We're not going to get into all the other words that she might call me to get my attention, but she, you know. But uh, there's though that's the approach, and immediately I know 
who's speaking to me? I know it's one of my grandchildren. I know it's my son or daughter. I know it's my wife. By their approach, as they begin to approach me so that I might listen to them, so that I'm, they might get my attention. And God does the same thing. He has an, a specific approach in many respects that He comes to you and me. The world has a different approach. And so we're going to look tonight a little bit about this approach because it's so important that we understand that there is a difference. You see, all those terms that I spoke of, whether it be Papa or whether it be Dad or, or whatever, they open my personal door. I'll open that personal door to them because I know who's speaking to me. Okay, They gain my attention. Uh, everything else begins to block out because I heard, hey, Papa, hey, Dad, hey, honey. And because I know who it is, I block out the other things to tune in to what they're saying. They get my attention. You follow me so far? Well, there may be, there's many people and, and things seeking entrance into your life and wanting your attention and, and, and wanting you to listen to them. I mean, the, the news media, they're continually trying to, to get your attention with some sensational story or there's different ones that, that uh, are trying to get you to listen. And salesmen, you get these phone calls and, oh, it just drives me crazy. They'll say, I would like to sell you, you, you need this, and, and I don't want it, uh, you know, and I'm trying to be nice, I'm trying to be Christian about it, and, 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 and well, let me, you know, I don't want it, and, and I'm not interested, and they keep on, finally, I just have to hang up. And their approach is a pushing and, and shoving their way in. You know, the, the old deal with the salesman that they used to talk about and they laugh about was that a salesman come knocking on your door and you open the door and he sticks his foot in the door so you can't pull the door closed. And he stands there and he begins to rattle off his spiel about how bad you need this vacuum cleaner or how bad you need these sets of knives or these encyclopedias or whatever. And, and they've got this approach. It's a very pushy approach trying to, to manipulate you into this. The advertisements on TV, their, their approach is, is that they make you think that you can't live without it. Their approach is, is that you need this, and their approach is, is that you're nothing if you don't have this. And, and the, the approach of, of different ones, if you don't wear certain type of clothes, certain name brand or watch, you're just, you're not with it. And, and they, this approach that they have, the whole world has this type of approach in many respects. But there's another one that approaches us and Satan is looking for every opportunity to get a foothold into your life and to into your thinking, trying to get you to listen to him, trying to place thoughts in your mind, trying to allow or trying to get you to turn to him. In 1 Peter 5 it says, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, seek or walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Understand this. And I don't think we really grasp this. With the scripture there where he talks about walking about seeking whom he may devour, he may walk down the line and look at your life and say, I can't do nothing here today. I can't do nothing here today. I can't do nothing here today. Aha. He may go on down the line and he works on this life and he comes down here. Aha. Now, not today. Not today. Not today. But tomorrow he'll come back and he'll say, aha. 
He walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for the door to be opened just a little bit. He's looking for just a little opportunity to sow discord or, or to sow his, his plan into your life, to, to put some type of thought or something into your life so that he can get a foothold into your life and begin to, to, to speak to you and get you to listen to him and get you to, to be drawn away by the things of this world. The Bible says that we're drawn away of our lust. And then we're enticed by Satan. It's our lust that opens the door to him. It's the things of this world in our, in our own thinking that opens the door. So if our thinking is wrong, if our thinking, if we're struggling in that area, it opens a door to him. And he's looking for that opportunity to, 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 to get into your life continually. I want you to consider the approach tonight. Jesus approaches in one, is the one that... Let me back up. Jesus' approach is one that requires our response and He never pushes into our presence when unwanted. Let me say it again. Jesus' approach is one that requires our response and He never pushes into our presence when it's unwanted. Look in Revelation chapter 20, or chapter 3 and verse 20, He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man will, uh, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. So he stands at the door, he knocks. He speaks at the door to let you know that it's him. Because he wants you to know who's knocking at your heart's door. He said, if any man will hear my voice. If he will open the door. Did you notice that he doesn't push the door open? He doesn't knock the door down. He doesn't come in unwanted. He has the power to. He has the ability to. But he does not do it that way. That is not his approach. That's not his approach. He's not like the salesman that, that will that will just abruptly come in and try to take over your thinking and try to sell you this and sell you that. He's not like Satan who will get up in your face and, uh, without you wanting him there and, and begin to try to change the direction of your life. But Jesus himself says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And he said, If any man will hear my voice, he said, and open that door. He said, It's up to you to open the door. I seen a painting one time. And it's been around for years, and, and uh, it, I mean, a lot of people, you've probably seen it. It shows Jesus standing at the door, knocking. But what a lot of people never look at on that picture is this. There's not a door handle on the outside of that picture. And it represents the fact that Jesus will never take a hold and open the door by himself. He's waiting for you and me to open the door. So that he can come in, so that he can have fellowship with us, so that we can listen to him. Like, like a, a Mary, as she sat at his feet and she listened to, to the Savior as he, as he began to speak and she was sitting at his feet. The Lord wants us to come and sit at his feet and allow him to come into our lives. He's standing at the door. He's knocking. I don't care who you are. He's knocking at your door. He wants entrance into your, into your life. I'm not just talking about salvation, folks. I'm talking about fellowship. I'm talking about being able to enjoy His presence. 
I'm talking about, you say, well, preacher, I, I, I'm saved. I got the Holy Spirit dwelling within me. What, know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have God, and you're not your own, for you've been bought with Christ, therefore glorify God in your body, spirit, which are God's. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling. He's already in there, preacher. Wait a minute. He's looking to get inside your heart. He's looking for your will. He's looking for your, your attention. He's looking for you to listen to him. He's looking for your heart. He said, I'm not going to push my way in. He said, you, I own you. You belong to me. I, I died on the cross for you. You received me as your Savior. And I want to have fellowship with you, but I'm not going to force you. That's not the way Satan works. That's not the way this world works. The approach of Jesus Christ is, is that he comes and he begins to deal and knock at the, at the door. It's your choice to invite him in, to hear his voice, to have you, for him to have control in your life. It's your choice. The door of the soul is the will. And Jesus comes in to have that fellowship with you when, you're cho when you choose to open the door to him. So by his approach, you're going to recognize his voice. By his approach. You say, well, wait a minute. No. Here's his approach. And he speaks at the door. I'd like to have fellowship with you. I'd like to comfort you. I'd like to be there for you during the difficult times. I'd like to explain to you what the Bible means. I'd like, I'd like to, to share how much I love you. I'd like to encourage you. I'd like to strengthen you. I'd like to... And his voice is continuous as he knocks at the door. That's his approach to get us to listen to him. But so many times, not today. I'm too busy. I got something else to do. Or our hearing is listening to everything else. Listening to this world, listening to Satan, listening to the flesh, listening to the things of this world instead of that knock at the door. And like I said, he'll never push his way in. You know, if, if I've got my back to Hunter or, or Blake or Janine or some of them like that and they call my name and they know that sometimes I have a little bit of trouble hearing some things, if they're off in another room, they'll step into that room where I'm at so to make sure that I do hear them. They'll come up and maybe get in front of me or maybe touch me to get my attention. But the Lord will never push His way into the room. And He speaks. Waiting for us to open the door to Him. You know, a lot of Christians today, one of the reasons we're not hearing God is because we're not opening the door. I've been in a lot of homes over the years. I used to own a business and go in and into homes and, and do electronic repair and stuff like that. And, and literally, I've been in homes where you could just barely open the door and squeeze in because there was so much stuff on the floor around the door and everything. 
I remember walking in one, uh, in one house, and I think I maybe shared it with you. Had a fellow with me. We, was going, we had to go another place, and I needed him to help me load a TV and stuff like that. That was back when they was console TVs. I mean, cabinets and everything. And we, he was a teenage boy and went to this house, and he was a little bit afraid to even step up on the front porch. And we stepped up on the front porch and knocked on the door, and they said, come on in. And I opened the door, and it was kind of like that. You had to go in like this, and as soon as you got in, you stepped in a path. And it was a path that went kind of like this through there. From that point all the way up to the ceiling. I'm not lying a bit. All the way to the ceiling, there was stuff. All the way through where we had to go. As I walked through there, I seen something laying in the floor. And they had, it's real dimly lit. There's only like one light bulb in there. And, and I looked down and I stepped over it like that. It was a dog. And the fellow said, hey, he's, I said, yep, he's dead. His fur was just as slick and shiny from the decay. But you know what I think about Christians' lives? Sometimes our lives are so packed full that we have a hard time opening the door to God so that we can have fellowship, so that we can listen to Him. Sometimes you've got to clean some stuff out to get that door open unto the Lord, that He might come in, that we might hear Him, that we might sit at His feet, that He might speak to our hearts. You see, that's His approach. and That, that type of a, a, approach, you can recognize His voice. But Satan... And this world doesn't come in through the door. They come in another way. They force their way in uh, uh, into your life. That's, that's, look, look there again, verse 1 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not in, or not, entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Otherwise, they're not coming to the door. They're not going to come in. They're going to get into your life some other way. Their approach is completely different so that they can get you to listen to them. Their approach is one that is not the same as the Lord's. They force their way in. They, they're un, they you say, well, I don't quite understand that. Okay, let me, let me just give you something that I know that probably every person in this room has experienced. Have you ever all of a sudden had a thought and thought, where did that come from? You wasn't thinking about any of that. I'm talking about a thought that's not a good thought. And you're thinking, what? And many people, and I've, talked, and I've dealt with Christians over here that come and they'll talk about it, and I say, I don't know, I have this thought or that thought, and I, I don't believe that. I don't, you know, and, and sometimes it's almost blasphemous or whatever and, and, and very wicked or something like that. I said, I, I said, that wasn't your thought. That was the thief and the robber that came in and planted a thought trying to lead you away into things that you know you shouldn't be thinking about trying to lead you away with lust and desires and things in your life. And maybe it's all of a sudden uh, you get this thought of, that you're angry at somebody and you're thinking, what? The thief and the robber comes in. 
trying to affect your thinking, trying to get you to listen to Him. Because He realizes if He can get you to thinking upon that, that thought that He placed there, that He, that he spoke into your heart and mind there, that as, 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 as you were, you, you don't understand where it came from, if, if He can get you to dwell upon it, then your flesh will begin to put pieces together to it. It'll begin to build upon it. And so many times that's where that happens. It's we're drawn away of our own lust, and that's what he's after. He's, he's after to get you to be drawn away of your own lust, no matter what it is, so that he can cause you to begin to build upon it, so that he can cause you to go farther and even sin and pull you away from God. That's the approach of Satan. He's working to get in. He's the thief. He's the robber. And so we, therefore we need to recognize that it's the thief and the robber that, that's breaking into our lives by another way. You see, Satan comes, seeks to come in through your emotions. He seeks to come in appealing to your desires. He bombards you with ideas and feelings contrary to the Bible and the Holy Spirit of God. Isn't it amazing you can be reading your Bible or you can be down on your knees praying and all of a sudden something goes, Phew. where did that come from? You're spending time in prayer. You're talking to God. And a thought comes in your mind. Thought, what? what? You're reading your Bible and all of a sudden this thought comes in. and it's, Where did it come from? You hadn't been watching some TV program about that. You hadn't been looking at some magazine about that. You hadn't been talking to somebody about that. You hadn't been uh, 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 desirous of that. But all of a sudden, here it is. It's the thief and the robber. And he's pushed his way in through a window. He's climbed up some other way. He begins to work and... And you like say, well, preachers, that mean that I'm a that I'm a weak Christian, that I, 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 I that I, I that that he's able to do that? No, 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 no. You don't understand. You don't understand the spiritual battle that's going on. You see, there's a spiritual battle that's raging today that most Christians don't even stop and understand and realize the battle that we're actually in. We think that, oh, it's just, you know, we're just out here and and we just got to do our best. My friend, understand that even doing your best, you're going to be in a fight. Even, even staying in the Word of God, and many times because you're staying in the Word of God, because you are praying, because you are trying to live for God, because you are trying to witness, because you are trying to do what God wants you to do, because you do want that fellowship with God, Satan is going to come up another way trying to attack you, trying to pull you down, trying to keep you from listening to God. And it's so important that we recognize that. And understand that. Now that's not a license to just go ahead and think about it. That's not a license to just go ahead and, and, well, that's no big deal. No. You have to deal with it. And one of the best things to do is confess to the Lord. Lord, I had this thought that came through. And I, I, I don't know. Where, I, it, apparently it was Satan. Lord, I pray that you'd cleanse me. Help me. Focus my heart and life on you. Lord, I want that fellowship. And flood your heart and mind with the presence of God. And listen to Him. 
because Satan is trying to bombard you, trying to get in through your emotions. Many times people, they will be bombarded when they are the weakest or when they're going through difficult times, uh, maybe health issues, maybe family problems, maybe uh, financial problems, whatever it is. That's why you find that people going through difficulties, they, they don't think clear about some things. They think maybe the answer is something else instead of the Lord. Comes usually speaking through your lust. In 1 John 2.16, he says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, says it's not of the Father, but is of this world. So it's not the Heavenly Father speaking to you. It's this world. It's the lust of the flesh. It's the lust of the eyes. It's that pride of life. It's Satan. The thief comes spreading fear and doubts into your life and into your mind as he enters another way other than the door. You know, I find a lot, there's a lot of Christians, Brother Deku, who are fearful. A lot of fear in their lives. Always fear, fearful that they might lose their salvation. They don't understand the scripture. Always fearful that, that they can't live, for, live up to what being a Christian. I'm going to tell you, you can't by yourself. You got, the Lord's got to live it, be a Christian through you. But there's always that fear and doubts and struggles that they have in the spiritual part, thinking of their lives. And as from Satan coming in and trying to pry the door, or not pry the door, but pry his way into your life with those doubts and those fears, he enters into another way. But you know, the Lord doesn't do that. In 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of, a, of power and of love and of a sound mind. Very often, counseling, I'll talk with people and they say, well, you know what, this and that. And I said, you know what, that's not God. God don't speak to you that way. God doesn't give you that type of fear. God doesn't give you that type of doubts. God's not in the business of dragging your, your mind through the muck and the mire of this world. That's Satan. Now, that doesn't mean that you went out and opened your life up to Satan, but, but what I'm saying is, is that he will attack. And he will try to come in another way and plant those thoughts. When you hear the voice of the Lord and allow entrance through the door into your life, he brings peace and he brings joy in as he comes to fellowship with you. If you had a Somebody come knocking at your door. You open the door to them and they begin to cuss and curse and want to come in. I hope you'd have enough stamina to say, no, you're not coming in here talking like that. You're not going to do that. If somebody come, comes and they're, they got their bottle of whiskey and they're, they're drunk and they're carrying on and everything and they, they're wanting into your house. I hope you've got enough stamina not to let them in your house. As this world begins to try to find entrance into our lives and begins to try to come in another way, we need to begin to block the entrances. We need to begin to 
fill our lives with the right things and our mind and our hearts. That doesn't mean the attack is going to stop, but they're still going to show up at the trying to get in some other way. You see, the Lord wants you to recognize His voice. And one of the ways He wants you to recognize His voice is by His approach. That's what we're talking about tonight. We're going to be dealing with how to recognize His voice in other ways, but one of the ways is by His approach. He wants you to understand that He will come to you in a certain way as far as His approach. Now, He speaks through many different facets of life. We talked about that. It might be through somebody else. It might be through the, the, reading your Bible, through prayer, through, even through good gospel songs, and, and on goes the list, situations and, and stuff like that. But it's God standing at the door and knocking at your heart's door. You say, well, preacher, I don't quite understand that. Well, there's been times that I remember back several years ago when, when there was a very difficult time in our lives. And, and uh, with uh, our, our daughter, she, was, she went in for brain surgery. You've, you've heard me tell the story. My mom, she was laying in the hospital. They called me while they was operating on my daughter, doing brain surgery on my daughter. The, my stepfather called and, and said, we're taking your mom home. Uh, they give her two weeks to live. There's no situation going on with my father. At the same time, very difficult situation. And it had been very easy, Satan could have come to allow the things of this world to say, man, I'm trying to live for God. I'm pastoring a church. I'm trying to live for God. Well, God, why, why you? But there was a. And that voice said, it's going to be all right. See, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You just go on and live for me. I'll take care of it. See, preacher, you heard that voice with my heart. With my heart. So much so that I remember in just a few, just a, a few hours there as the doctor came out and wanted to, to sit down with Janine and I and, and explain what they did on, in that brain surgery with our daughter. He said, we went in and we took out part of the first vertebrae. We cut that back down. We took out part of the skull and her, her brain had slipped down. And so we took the brain and raised it back up in her head and, and fastened this, you know, this membrane back up to hold it back up and everything and, and, and all that. And he talked about, he said, I think everything's going to be good. He said, we took out a little extra so that make that hole a little bit bigger and and uh, they, he explained it all. And when he was done, I thanked him. I looked at him. And they called him Igbase because his name is about that long. And I looked at him. I said, Dr. Igbase. And this wasn't me. It's just because there was such a peace in that fellowship of the Lord. I said, Dr. Igbase, I sure do thank you. I said, but there's something very important i got to ask you. He looked at me. He said, what's that? And I said, if you die today, you know you go to heaven. Do you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? A smile came across his face. He said, yes, I do. He said, we do our best. And he does the rest. And there was just such a peace, just a peace. To Kristen home, was there for just a couple days. Packed my stuff, and Janine stayed with her and went to southeast Missouri. Spent the last two weeks with my mom, taking care of her, my brother, and 
His wife came, my sister and her husband came, and we took care of mom. And I remember that there was such a peace watching mom pass, being with her during those times. I mean, a lot of very icky things we had to deal with in taking care of her, but we did it. But there's such a peace. And I remember sitting there around that, that hospital bed that they brought in there at home, and, and there was a piano sitting back here, and my sister-in-law can, can just, you name it, she can play it. And she can, she can make something that don't sound good sound good. And I remember we was there, and, and I, of course, I'd worked on ambulance for, for years, and I, I looked at the hospice nurse, and I said, because I'd been watching her vitals and everything, I said, the only reason she's here is because we're still pumping that oxygen in. She said, yeah. I said, she's not really here. She said, so I looked at him. I said, I think we ought to take the oxygen off and let mom breathe and let her go home. Took the oxygen off, and in 10 minutes, mom slipped out into eternity. We gathered around her bed. We all shed a few tears. We prayed. My sister-in-law turned around and began to play on that piano. I, th- I don't remember. I think it was as well with my soul that she began to play. It's okay. It's all right. Would you let me come in and hug you? Would you just let me come in and love on you just a little bit? I know you're hurting. The door opens. And he walks in. And we begin to praise God. With tears streaming down her face, that hospice nurse looked at us. She said, I've never seen anything like it. His approach. And we knew it was him. All those other thoughts that might have come in. Why am I? I'm up here. I'm I'm down here with, and my daughter is up there, and my wife's had to take care. And his approach is how we knew it was him. How he began to speak. He wants us to recognize that voice. In verse two of John ten, he says, "But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep." To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. You know, that's another sign that when he comes in, he knows your name. You're not a number. You're not just a hey you. He knows your name. He said, he leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. How do you know his voice? 
as he knocks at your heart's door. You'll recognize that voice. Again, notice here there's three distinct things told about his approach in these verses I just read. He only enters at the door. He knocks on the door. He calls to you to get your attention, but he, he'll not force his way in to have fellowship with you. He's only comes in with your permission when you open the door. Secondly, he leads. He doesn't drive you. He leads. Look at verse 3. He says, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep, and he leadeth them out. This old world is pushing and trying to drive you continually. Satan is trying to push you and drive you. But Jesus, as he speaks, he leads, and we're able to follow. As he leads. His voice is not one that is harsh, but it's firm. He leads, he doesn't intimidate, he doesn't threaten you and seek to use fear when he speaks. And thirdly, his approach is personal. Look in verse 3, and says to him, the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Verse 4 says, and when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. You're personal to him. You're very personal to him. The Lord, the creator of the universe, knows your name and everything about you. He knows your hurts. He knows the problems. He knows the difficulties. He knows the struggles. He knows what's going on in your life. He's personal. Jesus' approach to you is that personal because his relationship with you is personal. He wants that personal fellowship, that personal relationship. You see, he's the father who approaches you as his child. He's the bridegroom who approaches you as his bride. He's the friend who approaches you as his friend. His approach is personal because he desires that fellowship. So we must learn to his approach and understand his approach and reject the approach by the thief. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. When those thoughts come, resist those thoughts. When he speaks the lies to you and tries to draw you out and draw you away, when Satan does, hey, resist him. Turn to the Lord. Submit yourself to the Lord. When learning to listen to the Lord, consider and examine the approach. Because he approaches in love. But it's up to you and me to open the door and to listen and have fellowship with him. Let's bow. Father, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for the mercies, Lord, that you have shown unto us. Even though there's the thief and the robber that comes up some other way and tries to plant thoughts and tries to draw us away by our flesh 
Lord, I pray that you would help us to stand, help us to resist Satan, help us, Lord, to, to stand strong with you, Lord, and to turn our hearts to you. Help us to open that door. Thank you, Lord, that there is a definite way of knowing that it's you speaking. But Lord, I pray there's a lot of people who don't understand that there's a spiritual battle going on and many of those thoughts, many of those things that seems to come across their mind that they don't know where they come from. They don't realize that Satan is trying to lead them astray. Trying to, he's forcing, trying to force his way in. Lord, help them to resist. Help them to draw nigh to you so that you'll draw nigh to them. We thank you, Lord, for loving us. Be with us now, Lord. There might be somebody here tonight that needs Christ as their Savior and Satan's trying to force his way in so you can get saved later or not today. Lord, I pray that you would knock at that heart's door right now and they can hear your voice and that they'd come. Let's take a Bible and show them how to be saved. There may be some Christians who are struggling. Lord, I pray that you would knock at their heart's door right now. May they find a place here at the altar and open that door to you and have that fellowship and that peace that you can give. Have your will and way, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.